So I found out that I'm not cool enough to go to cool, hip brunches that young people go to um, when last night I found myself having to Google what a mimosa tower is. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, I can imagine what it is right now. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine that it's mimosa served in some large quantity, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I'd never heard of a mimosa tower. I've never been invited to a cool enough brunch to have mimosa towers, apparently. And... I, it tells you that the brunch is, if you're having a mimosa tower, then <laughs> the Sunday is just beginning. That is not oh, a yeah. brunch. Brunch is just the beginning of the day, not the end of the day. That's, yeah, that's advanced brunching that, I mean, like, and I've heard people always talk about brunch. Like, it's this big thing. Yeah, and brunch is wonderful. I know, but I, I mean, okay, like, wow, I guess it is really pretty hip and trendy then, I guess. I suppose hip and trendy people don't even say hip and trendy. Right. But. Well, the last time I was, uh, uh, w w where I was relevant doing brunch was really in Wrigleyville about 20 years ago, where we would go and and have a brunch where everything was reimagined. So, it was like, oh, the yeah. corned beef hash was much different than anything. It was absolutely delicious. Um, but very ornate, and I'm sure there was a spinoff on the Bloody Marys, etc. Et mm -hmm. So anyway, so a mimosa tower is this tall tube of mimosa right. that so sits it's... at your table and has a little faucet at the bottom where right. you serve yourself more mimosa out of. Like we, like the margaritor that we have up in Vermont that um, I think Mary <laughs> brought up, um, Mary Travers, um, 20 years ago. Um, it's like it's they give you your own huge blender thing with a spout. Mm -hmm. to, to pour them, which is interesting, really. Uh, and we'll get to the Mimosa Tower more, but really isn't a brunch on Sunday brunch giving... It's a permission slip for you to have another Saturday under the guise of an ele elegant um, and, and sophisticated meal. Because really, if you're getting a tower of champagne... <laughs> First thing in the and, morning. And OJ... Right then, it, it's it's telling you that we're going to pretend you're here, not going to be productive today. Right, you're not <laughs> sitting in a dive bar with the swill well beer, you know, because that's what those people do. You're doing it in a much more refined way. And oh, one yes. thing, and this will give you, and once you finish your uh, mimosa tower, <laughs> then then you'll be put in a place to make more bad decisions. Or <laughs> right. bad but fun decisions, obviously. Right. And that's what this is, really. Right. So, and this came up because of a receipt that I saw on social media um, from a few days ago. This is from Virginia, from 29th and Green Bistro in Hampton, Virginia. And this receipt was controversial on social media for other reasons. But the first thing on it was a spiked mimosa tower. Right. Um. And so, but I want to read you this receipt and see what you think, because I'm not easily shocked by receipts, but this one actually shocked me. And not because of the price of the items, because I think that's sort of like you get what you, so if you go to a fancy place, you pay a lot of money, like no big deal. But um, I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. So this person uh, is out for brunch. Uh, this is on 8-5 that they were out for brunch. And actually, this is a... 3.30 p.m., I guess. So or either they hung out there for a while or I'm not sure. But this was 10 guests, but this is one person's receipt. So they split the check. Okay. 
Um, I can so, imagine every Zillennial. Does. Well, actually, <laughs> I, they just probably all use some sort of dining Venmo now. I knows. Yeah, they do. But this is clearly like the it says guest count 10. But this is clearly, you know, one person's food here. So um, so this receipt is for one spiked mimosa tower, $70, and then a $7 upcharge for top shelf alcohol. Mm-hmm. Which this is what had me googling what the heck is a mimosa tower that you would pay seventy seven dollars for it. But I mean, I guess it seems a little on the pricey side to me. But the mimosa tower? No, that's no, that's not pricey. That's for one mimosa tower. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you've got a bottle of booze in there of champagne, and you've got the apparatus to hold over to yeah. your table. Yeah, if it's a top shelf champagne, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Anyway. And it's a spiked mimosa tower, so I think I think that what, means they, that they have more in it than just the champagne. Probably vodka or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, and then once it's funny that that a mimosa itself isn't considered spiked. Yeah, that's no. true though, because we know people, including some in this room, who have just used spiked seltzer as seltzer. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah. <laughs> people use it as a mixer. Yes. Um. And then this person ordered one steak, eggs, and potatoes for twenty five dollars. Uh, with the eggs scrambled and no. a one dollar upcharge for cheese, so twenty six dollars, seventy seven dollars. That's not a Massachusetts thing, but it's other states do that where they'll, by nature, just ask you if you would like a slice of cheese on things. Mm-hmm. They so should do it here. So you're at like a hundred and three bucks. Now you have a five percent meals tax for five dollars and fifteen cents. By the way, hold on one second. Can we just say something about the? Mm-hmm. If you're getting steak and eggs. Yeah. You're not a sentient human being with a soul or spirit if you're getting scrambled eggs. You're a four-year-old. The whole idea is to have yolk with the oh, s- yeah. steak. My goodness. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Do you think Alison Bishop would order a scrambled eggs with steak? No, because she's a sentient human being with a colorful soul. She would know. I mean, egg yolks are delicious. That's of always, course they are. You and always with want the steak the, and egg, the whole reason is in, 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 you're relegating the eggs... To a, a, a essentially another kind of potato, and you've already got potatoes here. If you're getting scrambled eggs, that makes no sense. No sense. That person should be charged more and banned from that <laughs> restaurant. Okay, so now their subtotal is at one hundred eight fifteen, which once again on the pricey side, but like seems fairly reasonable to one... me for your brunch. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So wait a second, this mimosa towers for one person. Well, maybe they bought the mimosa tower for the table, like ordered around, you know, like put on I assume my bill. they would buy it for the table. Okay, and it's on his bill. Okay. Yeah. So, because this clearly isn't 10 people's worth of food. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but. Or maybe they got multiple mimosa towers. Probably that's how it works. Right. So anyway, so this person's bill anyway is 108 with the tax. Now it says gratuity, 20%, add $20.60. Okay. Okay. Is that that's? I don't always. Is that voluntarily? Or is that no? Nope, that's automatically added. That's <clears throat> probably because of the table had so many people. Um. Well, no. Apparently, that's just automatic because then there's another line that says large party of six or more, twenty percent. Another twenty dollars and sixty cents. Mm, I am dealing with forty percent of the bill is add-ons. And then uh, auto gratuity check over a hundred dollars <laughs> add another twenty percent. Wait a second. 
You're being punished for spending too much? <laughs> and okay. They had another $20.60, seventeen seventy-two in tax, and the total is now one eighty-seven sixty-seven. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so and I did, this I was is, like, is as, this real? As, is as this a, a joke? As a licensed attorney, I, I went can and I give you up. my advice? Can I say something? Can I tell you, as a, as a patron, my advice <laughs> as a licensed attorney? Okay. Chew and screw. Bolt out of there. I am not paying. For, I am leaving. You think I might an leave automatic a, 60% gratuity is excessive? I might leave uh, $20 on the table, and I am in a cab or an Uber, <laughs> and I am gone. And I'll never go back there again, but it's worth it. So I like. And by the way, if, if, if I'm if going this to this place, real. I'm absolutely stealing plates and silverware. There's no doubt about this. <laughs> the Mimosa Tower's going out yes, with you. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So, because I looked this up to see if this was real, and it isn't some of their online reviews. Like, what do you mean 20% for six or more people and 20% more? for bills over a hundred dollars and 20 percent as you brought a car it's like why are you punishing me there's three automatic 20 percent on the bill i opted in to your highway robbery gimmicky mimosa tower just you don't have to flog me anymore like we're we're playing along enough no obviously this place is horrible awful place terrible human beings so that i'm and in general, like, I'm okay with places adding auto gratuities. Like, usually I see, like, what you thought originally the automatic 20% right. was. And I even, like, I could even see for a large party an automatic 40%, I wouldn't think is totally nuts. <laughs> like, because I often, if we're, like, a big party and, you know, asking for a lot of stuff, and what I perceive to be annoying, I will tip like 30-ish percent a lot of times. But here's the problem. is like they're doing that because you're a big party and so you're taking resources away from the rest of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So that means the line cook. That means the chef or the lead cook or whatever who it is. Right. That means the busser. That means the uh, server or servers. Yeah, if you need a parade of people coming out to bring all your food to your table. Then... Yes. So they, the the... So that's you're you're dragging resources. That said, there is a chance that every one of those people sucks. That the waiter is terrible. That the server is terrible. That the line cook is slow as hell, and you get your French fries after dessert. There's a chance that everything is terrible. This built-in gratuity assumes that everything's satisfactory. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's which 60%, is why you got to chew and screw. At sixty percent. It assumes everything is more than satisfactory. It assumes that this was one of the best dining experiences and service experiences no. of your entire life. An no. auto 60% gratuity is, um, I think, I mean, like, they should post big signs outside that say they do that if they're going to do that because that... Uh... The, the service should tell you up front so you can at least have them a notice. Although, you know, if they told you up front, then you probably wouldn't order the mimosa tower, you know, because you're like, okay, we just sat down and we already owe them $300. <laughs> yeah, you got to, this is Operation Chew and Screw. It's got to be, you got to get out. No, you you run out of that place without paying or try to run out without paying. That's what you do. Or if you're Tom Shattuck, you steal things. Oh, you definitely, uh, regardless, I'm stealing stuff from this place. If they have, <laughs> let me tell you, what is the restaurant called? 29th and Green Bistro. Let me tell you, 29th and Green Bistro. Better not have anything monogrammed or customized <laughs> there because everything's fair game. I'm going on a guiping safari at 29 Bistro. 29th and Green. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was that's the most shocking receipt I've ever seen in my life, I think. Um, 
Here's another story that I was kind of shocked by as a person who's um, very into cheese. And in particular, like I, um, I like a lot of types of cheese that originate in Europe. You know, like I'm a big user of feta cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, the nice, hard, solid Greek feta that comes in a block, not like the little crumbles. Yeah, like, no, I I'll get just it. There's cut a that place... up into rectangles and eat it. There's a place for that. It, it is. It hits a sad part of your palate. It's like there's, <laughs> it's, there's a happy part, which is like what you get from like the taste of a candy cane. Then there's the sad part where like blue cheese tastes good. It still tastes good, but that's mm-hmm. that's more where like Gollum lives. The sad <laughs> part. Okay, well I'm Gollum, I guess. But anyway, so. This is apparently like a big issue for U.S. food exports. But this is another story from the Wall Street Journal. Um, Klondike cheese sells its crumbly Wisconsin-made cheese as feta throughout the U.S. But in Europe, the company would have to label its white brined cheese or some variation that doesn't mention the word feta. The company doesn't even bother exporting it there. Um, so the vice president of this Wisconsin cheese company says it effectively closes off the entire market for us. Uh, they make Odyssey brand feta cheese and Klondike is among various U.S. companies that are upset because the European Union has these rules like the champagne in France where Mm -hmm. like you're not allowed to sell anything as champagne that's not made in this particular region. And the EU is coming up with like more and more of these and they include a lot of cheeses. Gorgonzola has to be made in Italy. (laughs) Parmesan. Feta has to be made in Greece. And not only that, so there's now 3,500 protected items that the EU blocks the use of the names that they have to be made in particular regions and not only can you not sell them in the eu so there's 300 cheeses that that are protected names that you can't sell in the eu but if other places have trade agreements with the eu like japan and korea then and like mexico we also can't sell them there Oh, really? Oh, so the U.S. So loses it out. So there's a bunch of examples of this. So like the Belgioso cheeses yes, that you buy at the grocery on. store. They're Gorgonzola. That's made in Wisconsin. Um, they can't sell Gorgonzola cheese in Japan and Korea. It's renamed as Crumbly Gorg. Ha 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 ha. They can't call it that. Or... Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of these. Where was the other one? There's one, uh, their Fontina cheese. They can't sell it as that. So it has to be Fontal. So it's like confusing to people, first of all, because really, I mean, a gorgonzola cheese is a gorgonzola cheese or a feta cheese is a feta cheese. Right. It's really not about where it's made. In um, the Asiago cheese in Mexico had to be relabeled. They can't sell it like that anymore because they have trade agreements with the EU. <laughs> um, and the and U.S. like winemakers and stuff, too, have these same problems. And beer makers, by the way. In April, did you know that Belgium destroyed 2,300 cans of Miller High Life in April? They destroyed them because it says champagne of beers on it. Really? Yes. 20, did you say 2,300 cans? Yes. 2,300 cans. Yes, they destroyed them. <laughs> we should nuke them immediately. I mean, who's doing anything with 2,300 of anything? 
Because it says champagne appears. We should nuke them. Where is Belgium? <laughs> Near France. Ugh. Hitler went through them to get to France. <laughs> yeah, no, we should nuke them. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I go back to um, to guyping. If you if they if they're going to be proprietary like this and have a trade war with us, then guype all their stuff. And just make it locally under our names, and we'll consume enough. We'll consume mm-hmm. enough right here. In, in and States. then the article gives examples of like things that the U.S. has protected names, but they all like have the place name in them. They're like, you can't sell like Idaho potatoes unless they're actually from Idaho, well, or like Florida oranges because unless they're from Florida, which to well, me seems kind of reasonable. Allison, um, bourbon. Kentucky bourbon. Bourbon is all-American. Whiskey may be made everywhere from Brooklyn to Scotland, but in 1964, Congress declared bourbon America's native spirit. That means to be called bourbon, it must be made in the U.S., but really everyone knows that means Kentucky. 95% of the world's bourbon is made in Kentucky. So, and well, there's been a bourbon craze. It. So, or, so I'm now I all question for... it. Maybe, there, maybe people all over the world are making delicious bourbon and they're just not allowed to call it that. The rest of the world wanted Everything's war? Everything's a lie. They wanted war? They wanted their gorgonzola? Then we're making war. No. Yeah, everything is a lie. Of course it is. <laughs> the Irish of Irish whiskey, right? Can we yeah, make that here? It. I don't think so. Oh, it's fine. I just think that we've got a country with all sorts of different geography and they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a very nice piece of land here that it's very um, suitable for making stuff, including facsimiles of their stuff. And I welcome their uh, food war. <laughs> so we're at war now? We're at war. Over the cheese? Yes, yeah. and nuke uh, Belgium. Yeah, they did it because the uh, the champagne trade organization told them to. That the champagne of beers, Miller Highlight. <laughs> it says the champagne of beers, not the champagne. <laughs> not allowed to use the word champagne. Not allowed to use it whatsoever. <laughs> no. Not even in, in, in tongue and cheek. Nope, they it, own that. Yes, don't even say it. This this podcast will not go <laughs> well, out now enjoy. in Europe because we didn't say sparkling wine instead of champagne. <laughs> enjoy your crumbly gorg. That's right, and the ICBMs. <laughs> um. <laughs> so anyway, so that. That was a shocking story to me. I'm mad at Europe now. They're not my friends anymore. Overrated. Um, but uh, here was one thing that I thought we should get into um, that I didn't know about. Once again, this is, again, how I know that I'm not cool because I never know about anything. Um, but I was reading about cooking tips. And one cooking tip was about how you should be using your grill press for more than just burgers. Which, of course led me to go what the heck it's a grill press because it, i didn't know i was even supposed to be using it for burgers and yeah no what is a grill press thing? is that the iron thing that yeah it's an flatten? iron and you like can flatten burgers with it yes to get- this is the thing that everybody who gets a new grill buys and never uses because <laughs> it's never necessary because you're not going to want to press the precious out of the burger well but smash burgers are like really popular right now so what hold on <laughs> What is really popular? <laughs> smash burgers. And what is a smash burger? <laughs> it's it's we reimagined burgers. <laughs> we what's that called? We deconstructed the deconstructed burger. It's Man, burger. it's something new and different. I learned it at Johnson and Wales, and I'm 24 <laughs> and clueless, but I call stuff smash burger. Yeah. Um. 
So what but, is a smash burger? I'm angry. <laughs> it's when it's smashed. It's what, what does it mean? sounds like. You squish it. Oh, I see. So if you squish it, so so what people just do with burgers now is a special kind of burger. Yeah. Okay. So you smashed the the precious out of it, and somehow you get to pay more for less. Well, um, I'm understanding from the article that many types of food benefit from the pressure which makes cooking faster helps heat distribute evenly and extracts moisture extracts moisture like that's a good thing (laughs) you want it nice and dry Mm -hmm. and bland so we'll call it smashed um there should there should be uh some options to consider include steak chicken and bacon you can also use your grill press on hot dogs sausages sandwiches vegetables and fruit who wrote this (laughs) This person needs You can use your grill press on hot dogs, sausages, What are we doing with a hot dog? With onion wh- rings, pineapple rings, cauliflower. Pineapple rings. You can smash okay. them with your grill yeah. press. This, the, well, this, I'm getting this you This person one. needs to be smashed to death, uh, whoever uh, wrote this, uh, with a grill press. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. And I've called for, I, I've called for many uh, illegal activities during this episode, and I apologize for it, but they are... All valid. Your broccoli is going to be much more uniformly cooked if you press it with your grill press. I, can I get rid of the moisture in it? I hope. <laughs> oh, Zillennials, please, in the name of God. It it's show? it's no. a different show. <laughs> it also says that when you press a hot surface against your food, it creates a more robust and pronounced flavor. When heat is applied to fruits and vegetables, it causes browning. A grill press can fast track this process, so there's no reason to limit it to making fast track the burgers. process. Okay. Grill presses should be made illegal in this country. Anybody associated with this? If I see somebody doing this, already the grilling brings out the personality of a person badly. I had a friend once who had was just clueless on the grill, so he just kept flipping. Flip, 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 flip. Because he, when he saw in the movies... People flip things. Flip things. So he didn't know why he was flipping, but he just kept flip, 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 flip. And you say that, but you have a lot of respect for some of our friends who are really great grillers. I know that, Alice, and because it took me a long time to be as good as I am, which is sometimes good, sometimes not. It took me, a, I was not a natural, it took me a lot of work and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of uh, poisoned friends to learn how to cook stuff on a grill. So I respect a good griller, and that's why I say that even though they wear slides in, in sandals, that's one thing that good grillers generally do is they wear toeless uh, feet things. What are those called? <laughs> Slides. What are those? Flip flops. Yeah, flip flops and things like that. Because the other, you know, nobody should be wearing those. But those people tend to be good grillers. But yeah, people who, if I saw some kids, some doing a gimmick thing, it's like, yeah, it's my sandwich, it's my grill press. Yeah, it's much better with distributes hot dogs. Distributes the heat. Distributes the heat. That person, I'm sorry, Alice, and this is not this kind of podcast, and I'm not calling for this in particular to anybody, but that person needs to be beat down badly. I'm sorry, that is terrible. I'm wholly offended. <laughs> Sorry. Who would so do- I should take back the grill press I got you. <laughs> There's nobody with a good personality and a grill press. <laughs> okay. No. Take the moisture out. <laughs> I've never been upset on this podcast before. I'm sorry about that. That's the other podcast. It's the upset podcast. Um. So, anyway... um. Another trend that I'm seeing this time on the restaurant side, and we've actually seen this. We've talked about this before on this show um, where 
businesses, because they want to create a sense of urgency for their customers, create artificial scarcity. Like they'll say, we're making X amount of this. And when it's gone, it's gone. There's no more. <laughs> yeah. So, but apparently this is a trend and a bunch of bakeries are doing that. Smaller independent bakeries are becoming particularly successful. Going to run out of these pineapple pies. <laughs> Just saying. Only a number. So, and part of it is like to reduce waste. Yeah. Um, where some of them have said, like, if we don't, if we're not going to sell out of it, we stop making it. Like we yeah. only, and so what they'll do is they'll like Instagram it, and then the scarcity strategy lets them sell more at a higher price, and then like everyone will show up to eat the thing. That has worked on Tom Shattuck, Alice. Do you remember? <laughs> no one. Remember that... the brisket at Christmas? Oh yes. That's we true. only have 11 Christmas briskets left. And I was like, oh, my God. I ran into the car and drove and got one. It was like 180 bucks. Right. It's like, oh, wait a second. I thought you needed to get rid of these. Uh, no. No, not no so they much. did not. No. Uh, bakeries add the pressure to sell the croissants and other products that would otherwise lose their value in hours. Uh, Rafael Flores is among customers who don't mind bakeries playing hard to get. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Each Saturday morning, he has one priority. Scoring a flaky sandwich press, grill press. Scoring a flaky pastry from his favorite bakery. It okay. isn't okay. easy. The seven dollars. Okay, hold, hold on, Can you read that sentence again? <laughs> Each Saturday morning, he has one priority. Gabriel Flores. Rafael Flores. Rafael Flores. Okay. Is among customers who don't mind bakeries playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. Each Saturday morning, he has one priority: scoring a flaky pastry from his favorite bakery. Okay. Uh, police batons. Um, a thorough beating and incarceration for six years until he doesn't have that one yearning for a flaky pastry. Oh, my goodness. It isn't easy. The $7 triple chocolate croissant with a chocolatey crust that he covets is often sold out if he arrives after 10.30 a.m. What does he covet? The $7 triple chocolate croissant with the chocolatey crust. I'm sorry, Alice, and I apologize. Maybe we should not even publish this podcast, but I'm calling for violence. Once again, not towards him directly, but other people who think like this have not had a hardship in their lives, and there need to be there needs to be a correction. Flores, 36 years old, recently 36. skipped his morning workout to arrive closer to 8. The bakery strategy is driven by the pressures on the businesses. They're navigating labor shortages, higher ingredient costs, and a regular demand throughout the week to get more customers in the door. They're building a culture of people trekking to the store for high-quality day-of baked goods, waiting in line, posting photos online, and returning the next time to try the pastry that was sold out. I'm going to skip my morning workout. Flaky chocolate pastries are, uh, are limited. By announcing on social media when items are sold out for the day, bakeries create cronut-level excitement around more standard breads. If it doesn't sell out, we don't make it, says Mindy Siegel, founder of Mindy's Bakery in Chicago. I'll give you this. I'll give Mm -hmm. you this. I appreciate them showing us and being open and transparent about their (laughs) shell game. How they scam you. Right. That said... Go to hell. I'm gyping from that store as well. Sorry about that. I mean, I'm for it. More power to them. If it works. Well, okay. But there's going to be a credibility <laughs> issue eventually. Well, they really sell out. They only make what they make. I make what they make. That's fine. They only make however many okay. chocolate croissants they want. And, and then I they only post gu- about I only gipe it on what I gipe. social media. So I'll be gyping a chocolate flaky croissant. That's $7. It's free. <laughs> 
How much time do we have left? Me and uh, Rafael Flores are going to be eating croissants side by side, having skipped our workouts, but mine will have been free. <laughs> His will have been $7. How much time do we have left? We have two minutes. Plenty of time. <laughs> okay. Um, my question for you is if, and I forget if we might have addressed this topic a little bit before, but, uh, there was recently a viral Reddit post of, um, parents who left a big mess in a restaurant. Their kids made a mess. Right. This is with they, the baseball player's wife or something, right? Uh, that was different. That was on a plane. Oh, okay. That was a different thing. But, um, you know, so there was a bunch of debate about this, about whether or not you should leave the mess. And, this is one thing I do think younger people tend to like try and tidy up their table a little bit more than like mm-hmm. the boomer generation does. For example, like this is one we I think destroyed Reds in Peabody about ten years ago. Um, if you have kids, they're going to create messes. I think we try to do some rudimentary. We try pickup. to do our best. I usually will be on the floor picking stuff up. Yeah, a I lot just blame of times. it on you for some reason. They are your offspring. <laughs> True. Um, True. Um, but, yeah, I definitely tip in proportion to how guilty I feel about yes. how bad of shape we left the table. And I do try. Like, I will stack up plates and, like, try and push stuff more towards the edge where it's easier for the waiter to grab. And, like, yeah, we, tr- we try, the but there's floor, sometimes effort. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have just screwed them. There's no doubt. Like, there's yeah. if, if our kids get chilly on the rug, they're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, and, 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 I mean, there should be an upcharge for kids. There probably should be. Maybe there is. <laughs> Maybe we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you. I do think that you should um, make an at least make the appearance of having tried to make an effort yes. to clean up. Yes. I disagree with the philosophy of like that's what they're paid to do. Let them do it. No, and also uh, you, they've got other places to be, other stations to to deal with, etc. Uh, you know, in, and if in, you're going to waste our time leaving a mess, at least tip well. Yes, and you know, good servers aren't everywhere, so don't punish the good ones. And a bad server is not going to bother cleaning it anyway. So let's, like, <laughs> just going to leave it true. Yeah, no, you have to you have to make some kind of gesture to at least show that like you've got humanity enough that you're at least going to go through the motions of cleaning uh, along with them because you can't you're destroying a. Yeah, that's a matter of a uh, matter of uh, just decency. Just decency, exactly. If we're going to live in a world where where to punitively punish them, we gipe from them for their actions, and we must also put the work in, as you would say, Alice, to make sure that at least we're doing our part. It's uh, trying to have a civilization is all we're doing here, and it takes everybody, Alice, not just uh, not just me. That said, if you've got a grill press, you are a bad human being, and you have no business being um, somebody who's running a barbecue whatsoever. Shame on the grill press, people. nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia, I still think about you. It's been so long, I'm so lame. I hate nostalgia. Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing And who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you You probably have a wife Of your job And you go to church on Sundays And barbecue on weekends Out in your backyard And sometimes think about me 